is episode 109 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And there is an old proverb that says, a people who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. And in this day and age and climate, we can tend to see that a lot of the things our ancestors endured, even in Shemot, which is the book of Exodus, in Mitzrayim, are resurfacing itself in our day and age in westernized culture as Hebrews have been dispersed throughout the world. But I don't want to take away from what's in the podcast because you got to stay tuned. So, without any further ado, Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and John Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. What happened, uh, what happened to you? Say what? Say what? <laughs> what happened to you? What happened to me? Well, I was on my own on my own island there. <laughs> I, um, All right. I had a great week this week. I did too. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, before we get into our subject matter sure. for mm-hmm. this evening, uh, while I was coming down here, the most high impressed upon me that mm. he wanted me to share a dream I had. I think he's knocking at the door now. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted me to share a dream that I had, and I'm gonna, I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna tell this as a, as a dream. Okay. I was dreaming early this morning that Mary. And I, and you know, my wife Mary is deceased. Mm, mm-hmm. But we were somehow we got on a street here in Sacramento. That's Thirteenth Street. Why Thirteenth Street comes up, I have not a clue. Mm. Didn't think about it. But we're kind of riding, or we're kind of walking down Thirteenth Street. She has two ice cream cones in her hand. Hmm. Okay. But we walk by this ice cream shop. She's got these two ice cream cones in her hand. Mm-hmm. I'm going like, well, I'm looking at the ice cream shop and I'm going like, well, you got two ice creams in your hand, but I don't have one. Uh-huh. And these people in there are working. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't stop. I keep walking. Okay. And I notice that the neighborhood is very, very plush. Okay. Very, very nice neighborhood. Upper end. Okay. Yeah, which is probably the reason why 13th Street, because if I back up and go down um, 13th Street South, I'm going to get into some pretty plush areas of Sacramento. Okay. But I'm walking and I keep walking. And I'm seeing all of this affluence. But I'm noticing something about the affluence. I'm noticing that the affluence that I'm looking at and the ice cream shop and all these businesses belong to melanated people. Oh, okay. All right. It's good. I like that. And I'm still walking, she and I are still walking, and somewhere in the dream, she's no longer there. It's just me. Mm. And I come up on this 
big monolithic building. It's and this building is gold. Mm. And I open and I'm going like and I'm kind of like, oops, I've come to, like I've come to a dead end. I'm going, oops, you know, mm -hmm. where, where's the rest of it? Uh huh. And I open the door and I look in and this building is gold. And but I didn't go in to see what was going on. And I just walked around. I looked up at the top of the building. And I forget the lettering that was at the top of the building, mm. but it was in large letters. Outside the building, like over outside there. the oh, building. Over there. Okay. And I'm looking at all this and I'm going thinking in my mind, these people, whoever is the leader of these people, mm -hmm. these people own all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and somewhere in the back of my mind, it kind of, it just kind of, my mind filled with this thought says, and that's the way it's going to be in the land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a sense of community. Yeah. A sense of of belonging. And you, you, you see yeah. that, that. Yeah, and belonging. And yeah. then my mind, then as I woke up, my mind began to think, I can't imagine, and this is just me talking now, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine in my mind that the transition back to the land is going to be a total reversal of technology and all of the things that we've come to appreciate mm. in this exile. Mm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine. I can't. I. I can't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't register in my mind that the Most High would take us backwards to a lifestyle that's, I don't want to say antiquated, but out of touch with what he has given us moving forward. Sure. Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with you. Totally. I mean, it's going to be, well, that speaks to our future as well, because as our uh, descendants uh, matriculate and move forward, there are going to be new innovations that are going to be made that are going to be new to us when, yeah, we, and, when, and, when yeah, we get there. Yeah, and the only thing the only thing that is going to be critical in the land is functioning under the governing rules. Correct. That the Most High has given us, even in this exile, that's his Torah, his rules, and his regulations. Yeah, that's what binds us all together. That will bind yep. us all, all together. Yep. And, you know, as we talk about as we talk about um, um, Hebrews, um, the nation of Hebrew Israel is a it is a monolithic nation, even in this sure. exile. Sure. The problem is, is that while it's a monolithic nation in exile, the nation in exile is disjointed because they have been disconnected mm. from their L and the teachings of the mm. Most High. That does not, that doesn't demean the fact that the nation is not a monolithic nation. That's true. That's true. And it's the, it's the Most High's task in the end of days to, to 
eliminate the disjointedness. Oh yeah, and bring us all back together in one one big piece. That was just something that I no, was. It, it it it's it's a beautiful thing because it's it's the same thing because you and I both went to to Africa, and while we were there, we said the almost the very same thing is that when we went over there, we felt as though that we were socially impoverished because of our yeah. you know situation that yeah. we have here living abroad and in exile here in the United States and that might be systemic to wherever pan hebrewism might be throughout the four corners of the world right, but right. we had that that sense of community and and there was a wealth that was there amongst amongst the people but you know I don't want to just make it about um melanated people because we will be a mixed group of yes, individuals. Sir, yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's not just systemic to us, but at the same time, the beautiful thing is, is that we will have a, that's why we say we're monolithic because we have a, we have worshiped the monotheistic Elohim, Elohim that created right, all things. Exactly, so we have exactly, to be monolithic. Yeah, 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 <laughs> there is yeah. no division between yeah. that. You can't get off and say, this is a different sect of Hebrewism. There's you only know, one, you know, I know um, there's something we want to talk about tonight. I know sure. that. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, and it's going to be, I think we can tie it all in. Mm -hmm. It is important. If, if those of you that listen to our podcast, as we put them out, and if you're sharing them, I hope that you would, but it's important that you understand that we talk about Yahweh's exiled empire. Mm. And the thing about the terminology of the empire, mm. you, you have to grab a, grasp a hold to belonging to something that is substantial something that has uh everlasting consistency mm. and something that one day it won't be exiled the empire will be back together as one unit mm. under one elohim yeah with liberty and justice, justice for all. For all. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the United States. <laughs> right. Because the most highs the most highs rulings are just. They provide liberty mm. for all who will walk in the in the teachings that the most high has given to us. No, that's beautiful thing. So I want you I want you to think about while it looks like we may not be in the eyes of men anything now. Mm. In the eyes of the Most High, we are still that opulent nation that mm. is under his rule and under his authority. Yeah. We're just in exile. Yeah. You know what? The, um, as, we, as we jump around here, um, just reflecting on the Most High, out of the abundance of the heart, um, I appreciate the most high for this dispensation of time that we've actually shared together because it may not happen in this generation, 
that the things that they're taking that are going to take place. Right. We will probably be in the dust. Right. Uh, waiting for the revivation to happen. And I, I'm I'm that brings me peace to understand that if the most high does bring about does bring about some type of change in Hebrew Israel, we're trying to be the catalyst for that change. But more than likely we'll go to sleep and then we'll wake up in that in that whole entire experience where our descendancy, and that is our whole entire goal here is to get our descendants ready for when the most high gets ready to make that move and have Hebrew Israel, wherever they're dispersed, pan Hebrewism throughout the four corners of the world. When we get ready to move, what signs we're looking for, the things that are going to be germane to that particular time and to have a strong enough base and understanding in Torah to where we break this generational curse because it does talk in text about it's going to be a curse that's going to be down to your third and fourth generations where we kind of eradicate all of that and get back to the pureness so the Most High can move. But I'm, I'm only saying that to say that I am appreciative of the fact that, you know, it may be some of the things that are going on right now may not be conducive of a full Hebrewism, if you will. Right. I'm putting my quotations and my fingers in the air and, and saying that. But I do have peace knowing the fact that because I am walking in Torah and walking in the misfotes of and in the in in the ways that were uh, spelled out by the goat Moshe, that I'm looking forward to waking up and seeing that. I don't have to go through the atrocities that are going to happen to the nations when the Most High decimates them right. in order to get us back into right, the land. Right. I'm we and I are just gonna wake up and just see right, it. Just see it. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. really again, our efforts may not again not be for this generation and dispensation of time, but it will be these recordings that yeah, we're yeah. putting out. Yeah, and you are know, gonna be beneficial. You know, it's it, it you know, it's important it's important for me as a teacher uh to have confidence and to believe that what the Most High has given to me as the leader mm-hmm. uh, to share with his people is truth. Yeah. And it's not, it, we're not, we're not espousing things that are debatable because mm-hmm. I'm not going to ever debate what the Most High has said with anybody. Correct. I'm not, we're not going to do a pro and con with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all pro, no right. cons. So I probably I'm 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 a quarter of the way to a century. A qu- almost a quarter. Uh, three quarters of the way three to a century. Of the way, yeah. I'm three quarters of the way to a century. Mm-hmm. So more than likely, you know, I'll be in the dust, but the words that I leave behind mm-hmm. uh will be preserved in a in a system that will keep yeah. re- repeating itself Absolutely. so that generations after me will be able to hear these discussions that you and I are having mm-hmm. because I'm sure that as we move forward in time um, more of true mm-hmm. true Hebrews I'm not talking about mixed up Hebrews, I'm talking about true Hebrews, pure Hebrews, mm-hmm. uh, will resonate with the things that we are talking about. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the seers um, did the same thing. Yeah. 
the seer. And then when I say the seers, because when you read Shemuel, there's a passage in Shemuel that talks about in the time of our ancestors, prophets weren't called prophets. They were called seers. They were called seers, right. So um, the seers like uh, the weeping prophet, your boy, Yeremehu and oh, Lamentations, yeah. oh, they yeah. always talk about a future yeah, yeah. and generations to come. Yeah. This is what was going to happen and how they just just yearn for us to be back right. to a place of opulence. And, yes, and, and, yes. and that's the whole entire... That's the whole entire... Yeah. In the meantime... Ha, in, in the meantime... meantime <laughs> yes. In the meantime, mm-hmm. we are sitting today, this very day as we speak to you, we are sitting in Shemot which is Exodus ah. chapter number one mm-hmm. and beginning at verse eight. Verse eight, yes. But let's turn the board on. Okay, let's turn it on. So as we talk about this, before we talk about this, let's let's go go, 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 go to text on the board because text on the board is going to resonate with what we're going to talk about. Go ahead. Okay, so what, what we've pulled up here on the board is um, if you, and this is germane to the United States, I'm pretty sure it's germane to the, to, to the UK as well and maybe various other places uh, where pan-Hebrewism is happening throughout the four corners of the world. I have to set that up. But in the United States specifically, there's a statement that we looked up here because uh, on political talk radio, they talk a lot about um, minorities becoming uh, the majority in the United States. Well, yeah, and that's because, and that's that's that was one of the the platforms that uh, that that Agent Orange uh, <laughs> ran his campaign on making America great again was the fact that um, the peace peace forecasting that America is going to be uh, uh, blacked out. Yeah. There, there's um, Minorities are going to overrun us. You're going to lose your this, you're going to lose that because of minorities. Well, that's... Yeah, that's it's germane to this. And matter of fact, when I think the young man, the 18-year-old that went into the, and this has happened in the United States, went into the Target and executed, I think, 10 to 12 uh, melanated people in his manifesto, he wrote online. He's talking about these issues here, like white replacement, so on and so forth. And um, a lot of the other major atrocities, when you read those manifestos, are, are dealing with this. So I'm, this is let's read it. This this is coming from www.mike.com, mic.com, and it says, "This is the year the U.S. Census Bureau now projects that whites or Caucasians." will be the minority. According to the information released Wednesday, the non-Hispanic, native-born white population will become less than 50% before 2040. Brookings Institution demographic William Frey told Al Jazeera America. So I, I bring that up to say that this is almost the same thing that has happened in text. And because we are not looking at text as a foreshadow, or at least knowing our history, so we don't repeat it, and looking for these types of things, things like this will blow by you. This is something that is germane to our exile, or excuse me, this was uh, germane to when we were in Mitzrayim, 
when we went down there. Now, we've been down there several times before, but as the Hebrew Israel is down there, this issue comes up. And I'm going to start at verse 8. And I'm going to go ahead and read. And we'll, 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 we'll talk along the way. It says, now there arose a king. Now, I want to get you before. Let's back up in verse 1. It talks about the names of the, the, the uh, sons of Israel or Yaakov that went down into uh, Mitzrayim. And in verse 6, it talks about Yosef, who went down there as a slave, found favor in the sight of Potiphar, had that issue with his wife, and now he becomes the viceroy of all of Mitzrayim. And now there arose a generation when it talks in verse 8. Now there arose a new king over... Well, well, well oh, let's go back. Yeah, because in 6, mm-hmm. in six it says... And Joseph died. And Joseph died. As did all the brothers, all his brothers and all that generation. Now we get to verse 8 where he talks about, go ahead. Yeah, matter of fact, let, let's get 7 while we're there. Let's do 6. 6 and 7. So 7 says the descendants of Israel were fruitful, increased abundantly. Remember that. Remember I'm coming back on the heels of what I'm talking about here that's on the screen. The descendants of Israel were fruitful, increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew very powerful. The land became filled with them. That's and and that's and that's that's the key yeah. of our subject matter in this podcast. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. That the land has become filled with melanated people. Right. And that's what this census is talking that's about. That's what the census is talking about, because there's a question that's out there is saying, okay, <clears throat> we're gonna get overran. What are we, what's gonna happen here? So when you look at all of the different things, but I don't want to take too much of this underway. Eight, let's go through the text. It says, now there arose a new king over Mitzrayim, which is Egypt. He knew nothing about Yosef, but said to the people, look, the descendants of Israel or Israel have become a people too numerous and powerful for us. Come, let's use wisdom in dealing with them. Otherwise, they'll continue to multiply, and in the event of a war, they might ally themselves with our enemies, fight against us, and leave the land altogether. So what are they doing? They're saying, okay, this people, not they're not slaves yet, okay? We need to deal with these folks with some wisdom because we need to control them. Now, if you want to go ahead and and I can, I, you could bring in a whole bunch of other issues that have come in in the United States on how we're being controlled. We got to control this population because they're getting too big. Well, let's 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 take let's use text, okay? And let's go back to the portion of text that says there arose a new king mm-hmm. over Mitzrayim. He knew nothing about Joseph. Mm-hmm. But said to his people, look, the descendants of Israel have become a people too numerous and powerful for us. Let's 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 talk about that sure. in, in light of current events past and current events future. Mm-hmm. If we look at this from a from the political narrative that is being espoused in this nation, particularly by the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. The Republican Party has, under the influence of their past leader, I call him Agent Orange, Mm -hmm. uh, 
his whole platform and his whole uh, leadership was one to that dealt with lessening the influence and the power of people of color. Sure. Now, this is me talking again. Okay. Okay. This is me talking again. He absolutely didn't know anything about jo about Joseph. That's correct. And um, he absolutely didn't know anything about the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm taking this to a political talk here right now. Mm -hmm. The Christian evangelicals endorsed him. Um, Paula White uh, right. anointed him and jabbered a few tongues over him and called him saved. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. He knew nothing about he really, he really knew nothing about anything in any scripture, scriptorial text, old or new. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so he knew nothing about Joseph, mm -hmm. but he realizes that melanated people are multiplying in numbers in America mm -hmm. and are progressing and being very affluent in America. Sure. So anytime a melanated person had anything to say, he was on the defensive side of that. Mm -hmm. If we look at um, um, our quarterback, his name was right on the tip of my Mahoney? tongue. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm the last person Kaepernick. <laughs> If we look at Kaepernick, mm -hmm. Kaepernick was a melanated man who took his knee mm -hmm. because he was he was opposed to the way this country was dealing with and had dealt with in years with the melanated man. Mm -hmm. Agent Orange took opposition to that along with others that were in his corner. And to this very day, mm -hmm. to this very day, uh, melanated people in America are suffering uh, over the policies that were established by him. Sure. Now, let's look at this text a little further. Mm -hmm. Let's deal with them wisely. Well, you have two groups of people in America. Well, you have well, you have more than well, actually you have more than than two than two. Mm -hmm. But the two major uh, melanated people in America are blacks and Hispanics. Hispanics, yes. So let's deal with them wisely. Mm -hmm. Let's build a wall so they can't come into our country. Yeah, we'll make this narrative that, yeah. And those that are here, those that are here, let's, let's, uh, find them and all of them that don't meet criteria will send them back. Right. right. And to this very day, mm -hmm. to this very day, there are children that were, that were the product of those policies that were made. There are children today of the Hispanic 
ethnicity mm -hmm. who are still, I'm talking about children, mm -hmm. who are still displaced from their families. No. Yeah. Yeah. But now then, let's roll it back. Let's roll it back. Let's roll it back. Okay. If we go back to the days of slavery. Sure. When our ancestors were first dropped off at Plymouth Rock and sold into slavery, uh, there are still children and families to this very day who are displaced from their origin. Sure, no doubt. Absolutely, no doubt. Now, let's deal with this text for a minute some more. Because actually, you know what? Before you go there, let me, let me add to that. Let me piggyback on what you're saying because this also plays into the issue of uh, this issue of replacement theory as well. Because if you look at the Republican Party and how they're, they're positioning their, uh, their, uh, the banter that's coming from them, you'll see that replacement is something that they're really concerned about in the sense that if what happens, more and more melanated people are coming into the country, we're being forced out as a minority. What does that do for voting? That has a lot of, you know, we can't get what we want to get put through because a lot of the people that are going to be voting against us are not are not us. Are not us. Right. So therefore, our political power. Now go back to what the text is saying here. It says, let's come. And I'm reading in 10. Come, let's use wisdom in dealing with them. Otherwise, they will continue to multiply. And in the event of a war, they might ally themselves with our enemies fight against us and leave the land altogether. But up above it, it says, they'll be, matter of fact, in nine, it says, but said to his people, look, the descendants of Israel have become a, a people too numerous and powerful for us. So that kind of speaks to, to even in, in a political sense, what we've been able to achieve here. If this matriculates into 2040, where we become more numerous, then we will have a political advantage over uh, non-melanated people in this country. Well, I don't have, I I don't I don't have with me the statistical uh, piece that I had a few years ago, where the Muslim nation. Mm -hmm who are also minority oh, yeah. people uh -huh. have said that their goal is to outpopulate mm. the nations that they are in. Mm -hmm. And we know to this very day mm -hmm. that in several uh, European countries, the Muslim people have outpopulated the nations that they're in and have become powerful mm -hmm. and have taken over governments uh, that are that are European mm -hmm. um, there is a there is a number that they put out like something like six to one because mm. um the of the decrease of births that are taking place amongst the Caucasian race. The Caucasian race are not multiplying at the rate that melanated people are. Right. 
And does that that should dovetail into current events when uh, the overturn of Roe v. versus Wade, where they're saying, hey, no, no more abortions, because part of the what I've heard is the rhetoric about it is saying, hey, we need as many as we can get. We don't need abortions happening left and right because we're falling behind in our population. So there's definitely things. And these are just examples to just kind of draw in the fact that, yes, there is a parallel with the text. That's what was happening in Mitzrayim during the time of our ancestors is repeating itself in exile right now. Yeah. And, and, and if you if you're keeping up with if you're keeping up with the um, business reports mm-hmm. that are out, there are more and more melanated businesses and business people now that are whose businesses are coming to the fore. Sure. Sure. Now, let's look at the text. It says, sure. and mm-hmm. otherwise they'll continue to multiply. Mm. Multiplicity. Let me tell you scriptorally about multiplicity in text. Okay. Our ancestors went into Mitzrayim, what was it, 70? It's about 70 of them went in there, yeah. They went into Mitzrayim 70. The Most High said they would be in Mitzrayim approximately... About 400 and some odd years. 400 and some odd years. Uh Uh-huh. And to the date, not not a day or a month... Mm Mm-hmm past what the Most High had defined when Israel, when he, when Moshe, when Paro finally let Israel leave Mitzrayim, the text says that there were 604,000 plus mm-hmm. men. Just men alone, yes. Men alone. That's not counting women and children. Yeah, that's a little far cry from 70. But when I look at the text and I study the text and I look at from other writers that have written about Hebrew Israel, we got 604,000 plus men who left Mitzrayim on that particular day when, when, when Israel Paro finally let us go. But with the women and children, there were about 8 million mm. Eight million is about the population of Sacramento County mm. enlarged. Okay. So you take all of Sacramento County enlarged and you get them all together in one bunch and that's that's Israel leaving Mitzrayim. Yeah. That's a huge labor force that just left. Just left. That's the problem. Wow. So the nations to which Israel has been dispersed in this diaspora mm-hmm. are concerned, and here in America, they are concerned about being outpopulated. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and that's, but let's go on. Let's go on, if we may. Because it gets, it gets, it gets good. Go, go. So at, at 11, where we left off, it said, so 
then this is the interesting part, and I hope we can elaborate on this. It says, look at where we're coming from in 10, where they, they make this declaration and they say they're going to be multiplying. They're going to get really big. They might ally with our enemies and overtake us and leave the land altogether. Why are they concerned about that? Because of the fact that that is a huge labor force. Were you not a huge labor force in the United States when you came or wherever you went? That's the whole entire thing about slavery is that it's cheap labor upon which you can make a huge amounts of profit from. Yeah, well, uh, let's, 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 let's hold it historically right here for a minute. Okay. Okay. So... How did historically they come up with the Negro being what one third of a human? Yeah, three fifths. Three fifths of, of, of a human. Of human being. Yeah. What, what was that about? <sighs> that was about the labor force. That was about the labor force. Yeah, and actually, it played a part into how uh, House of Representatives seats were were selected because it was based on the population of that particular state. Labor force. So, so <laughs> has everything to do about the population and labor force. Yeah, you're right. So again, these things are germane to what's happening in this dispensation of time. Go on, go ahead. It says, so they put slave masters over them. Now, this is interesting. You see how we jumped from let's be wise to now we got slave masters and this is what I want to draw people's attention to, because if history is repeating itself. Yes. OK. We need to be looking out for po public policy that is going to be coming well, down. Hold. Can you hold your point right there? Just sure. don't don't leave that. Okay. Don't leave that. OK. Because the problem is, if you're looking back in history and you're looking at the police, don't lose your point. OK. If we're looking back in history. And we recognize that we've been emancipated mm -hmm. and, quote, quote, we are no longer under slavery. Mm -hmm. And you don't recognize that there is a new slavery and there are new slave masters and you don't recognize them. Oh. There you have it. Man. So this is... <sighs> It's hard to follow that. <laughs> this is a great but point. Let me, let me, let me, great, let me, great point. But that's, uh, that's can, what... Can, can, can you get your point? Because I don't want yeah. you to lose it. No, no, no. Because it's public policy. Yes. Let's, 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 let's look at one. Okay? Sure. The big issue, particularly in the National Football League, mm -hmm. is that there are too few minority coaches. Okay. But the reason why there are too few minority coaches is because the NFL teams are owned by Eurocentric men, white mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. White men are not apropos to want to hire coaches that don't look like them, mm -hmm. that can't sit amongst their peers. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they hire people that are like them. Mm -hmm. Now, while it is that the ball players get paid millions of dollars, mm -hmm. the slave master, the owner, has billions of dollars. That's true. And they are enslaved to the owners of the team. Mm -hmm. Whereby they can't just walk away. Nope. 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 Not at all. Not at all. Now, Y'all ain't gonna like this. And that's okay. In my mind, 
Anytime I don't have the freedom to do what I choose to do mm -hmm. and somebody else is dictating to me what I can and what I can't do mm -hmm. and punishes me for it, that's slavery. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man. But see, part of this is we got to have, I'm going to give, I'm giving my thunder away early. Part of this, and I'm going to come back to my point. Part of this is we need this. Why am I saying that? Because... Without that in place, without some type of impression in place, you'll never leave. It can never get to a point where it completely goes away and things are just hunky-dory around no, you. That's not the leave. point. You'll yeah. never want to leave. Yeah, you'll never want to. And so what, what happens? The United States is one of the biggest pushers of the propaganda about how even how we looked at Africa when we went there. What You don't want to go there. If somebody says, let's leave and go to Africa, why would I want to go there? The United States is the greatest country on the face of the planet. Why would I want to leave? So it's the ideologies and the things that keep your mind institutionalized. But in this particular instance, I'm saying what we need to be cognizant of is any public policy that's being issued that is coming down that is going to be oppressive to a people to control you. Now, you, it may not be very obvious at this point. But we got to look at what they did. What did they do? They well, no, no, no. Okay, hold your point. Okay. Said, it may not look obvious to you. Let's go back to text. Okay. Come, let's use wisdom, wisdom. in exactly. dealing with them. Right. So <laughs> here's some pre. Oh, man. That's the point. It's not going to be bold and bold faced. And we're going to see that as we get closer down to the end of, at the end of the text. Hear how they do it. It's very ingenious but we got to look at how and this is where i would want to have some better clarification on this from the outside outside sources that we have is how did we go from thinking about this to now we're enslaved we're talking about a huge group of people think about that in the united states how would they enslave us now there would have to be some type of public policy put in place in order for that to happen and it would be over time, because this is not like, oh, tomorrow you guys are slaves. This is over time. This is going to have some, 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 some traction into it. So let's go on. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built for Paro storage cities of Piton. And Ramses, I want to draw your attention to that. All you Hebrews in exile, you know that, them, that when you go over to Egypt and you go visit the city of Ramses, y'all built that. Just like when you were here and you hear people basically coming out of the Republican Party again. I'm not. And, and let me just say this. We uh, my personal public uh, uh, political position is neither. So zero. I'm, right. I, mine, I'm mine not. Too. Right, you know, <laughs> we're just pontificating about what is. Exactly. That we're surrounded by. Exactly. So mm. the issue of here is saying, okay, they built the city of Ramses. You can go to the city of Ramsey right now. It's, it's, it's literally a, a marvel to see. Same type of thing. I'm making the parallel here. What is the, what is, what are they saying about us? We built the United States. Right. When we came here off those ships, it was on the backs of slaves that this country was built. Your plantations, your cities were built off of slave labor. Okay? Washington, D.C. was built off of slave labor. That's right. 
So therefore, having us do manual labor and all these type of works and build cities and building an economy and building all these things is has happened before. And we can see it in text 12. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded until the Egyptians came to dread the people of Israel. Now, tell me that's not what that's talking about up there on that board. We got a problem because they're getting too big. Now, it says, but more in 12, let me go back. But the more the Egyptians depressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded until the Egyptians came to dread the people of Israel, 13, and they worked them relentlessly, 14, making their lives bitter with hard labor, digging clay, making bricks, all kinds of field work. And in all this toil, they were shown no mercy, 15, moreover, the king of Egypt or Mitzrayim, that's Paro, spoke to the Hebrew midwives. Now, what is he doing? It's got, we got to be looking out for this too. Okay. He went to you Hebrews. See, he didn't send no Egyptians in there. He talked to the Hebrews and he said to the midwives, one whom was called Sifra and the other one was Pua. When you attend the Hebrew women and see them giving birth, he said, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. I go no further to draw for the court of public opinion the situations that happen when what? That women were going in, even in this dispensation of time, they'd be going in for routine work and they'd be losing to get a, hyst a, a hysterectomy. They would be fooling yeah. with your plumbing yeah. while you were in yeah. there. What? For population control. control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are the same things that are happening over and again. Over and over again. And it's in text. And it's in text. It repeats itself. Right. Came to these two midwives who happened, I would say, now think of a midwife as a nurse. The two head nurses that were over a plethora of midwives. He goes to the head ones and said, this is what I want you to do. Now, I don't know anybody. Now, obviously, you wouldn't know if that was a boy unless it was birthed. And how are you going to kill him? Either you're going to give him something or you're going to strangle him as soon as he comes out. That's just cold and heartless. But text goes on. And it says in 16, when you attend to the Hebrew women and see them giving birth, he said, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. However, the midwives were Yahweh fearing women. So they didn't do as the king of Paro had ordered, but let the boys live. So that we got to we just got to be fortified within ourselves when we get approached, when somebody comes, says, come sell out your and it's in with any community. I draw I go no further to say if you can go online right now, the Black Panther Party movement, there's a whole bunch of videos on YouTube about informants that were sent in. Enemies that were sent in to demise the group, every political group is going or at least a group that's making headway for, at least in this country, I can speak, that has made headway for African-Americans have been infiltrated either by the FBI, Hoover sent them in there, other entity, other, you know, whatever the, the alphabet boys, CIA, FBI, DA, whoever, they are going to send people in there to infiltrate the group to see how they can make a demise out of it. Again, reading on, 18. Or excuse me, let's go to 19. 
So the midwives answered Pyro. It is because the Hebrew women aren't like, oh, matter of fact, let's go back to 18. It says the king of Egypt, Pyro, summoned the midwives. So he summoned them all and demanded of them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives answered Pyro. It is because the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women. They go into labor and they give birth before the midwives even show up before they arrive. Therefore, Yahweh prospered the midwives and the people continue to multiply and grow very powerful. Indeed, because the midwives feared El or Yahweh, he made them founders of families. Then Pyro gave this order to his, all his people, to all the Egyptians. Every boy that is born, throw in the river, but let all the girls live. Now, if you want to talk about breaking up a family, you want to talk about incarcerating at unprecedented levels. Yeah. It's Melanated a, men. It's not a river. It's a prison. It's a prison. It may not be the same exact thing, but we have to look at the precursors <laughs> upon what's been happening to our ancestors and apply. Is it happening again in this day and age? And I would argue by this text in Shemot, we're living. This is almost a regurgitation of what's happening in Miss Rain is happening right now. Yeah. And the question in the minds of our people today, this very day, mm -hmm. uh, concerning the oppression, the mistreatment, the injustice, is how long? Yeah. How long is this going to continue before we are granted justice and before we are treated like the common citizens of this exile that we're in. How long is this going to go on? Mm -hmm. I have bad news for you. Yeah. I have bad news for you. Mm -hmm. There is no lifetime that the melanated man in this exile is living in this exile that is ever going to change. Correct. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not an optimist. Agreed. Well, so you probably call me a pessimist. Mm -hmm. But I'm not an optimist because text will not allow me to be an optimist concerning this exile. Mm -hmm. And everything that the melanated man is succumbing to an exile is directed to one portion of text where the problem resides in that the melanated man doesn't know that he is the father's son mm. taking us back to Exodus three and, and, uh, 22, 20, Oh, four, 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 four and 20, was the four between four and, and twenty and twenty two? It yeah. says, "Go, Mitzrayim is, um, go me. tell, go tell Paul to let my firstborn son, son, yeah, Israel, go." go. Yeah. It, so now, if we take, if we take the text further into text, 
Hebrew text, mm -hmm. the Most High says that he loves the son Sorry. whom he chastens. Yep. So all of this injustice, and if we go back and continue to read through our historical uh, documents and the biography of our people, you will see how much they suffered mm -hmm. as a result of their own actions, mm -hmm. which was the chastening of the Most High when the Most High allowed nations to oppress them. Mm -hmm. And he allowed them to oppress them until they cried out. Yes. And the crying out was the aspect of their teshiva or their repentance and willingness to change. Sure. In this exile, that hasn't happened yet. Mm. The oppression of our people, historically, as we come to the close of Black History Month, the oppression of the melanated man in this exile, the injustice, uh, which continues to go on, and the cry in the street for justice, justice, we just want justice, that cry is falling on deaf ears. Mm. Yes, you're making some very minuscule headway and you think that that headway is going to pick up steam and it's going to get great. It's not going to get great. Mm. So you receive a penance of a millions of dollars from the government because they just executed your son or your daughter. So now they're going to give you a token to appease you. Right. That's still not justice. Correct. Your son is dead. Your daughter's dead mm. and they're not coming back. And this continues to play on. Yeah. Then we get into this issue with uh, the Eurocentrics or these non-melanated people going into places where melanated people are and they're having these mass these mass killings yeah. of melanated people yeah. germane to this issue here that's on the board. Mm -hmm. And then you're still crying for justice. And I'm telling you, by now you ought to be able to see there's no justice coming in this exile. That's right. That's correct. You may get a penance of, of a, a restitution for your loss, we're sorry for your loss. Here, take this 20 million and go be happy. Mm -hmm. But then somebody else suffers the same thing. They don't get the same justice that you got. Correct. And the whole issue is if you don't read our text properly and understand that there can be no justice, just as there was no justice in Mitzrayim for the sole purpose that you brought out mm -hmm. very clearly that the Most High told Mashe, I am going to harden Paro's heart. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to do it. So there's nothing that he can do to change. Correct. Because I'm hardening his heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm hardening his heart so that I can cause my people 
to suffer to the extent that they'll want to get out from underneath this and go someplace where I can reunite them with me and teach them a proper way of life yeah. and show them, show them the difference about what and what a well-judged, a well-ruled empire looks like mm -hmm. as opposed to one that's oppressed. Absolutely. We are seeing the the we're seeing the birth of a nation here in the first chapter of of, of Shemot. Shemot Exodus. Yeah, we're seeing the the complete birth because obviously, as we get into later on the Shemot, we find out about the covenant. But this actually goes back all the way to Bereshit chapter number seventeen. It talks about Mo, uh, um, as Moshe narrates it, the covenant between uh, the Most High and Abraham, Abraham yeah. and say, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Yeah. He gives you the recipe of actually how he made this nation. Now this nation needs to come out. Right. Now you haven't really seen my power. That's the other aspect of the plagues as well is to let Hebrew Israel know this is what I'm about. This is what I'm about. I can do anything. I will crush these people as you guys come out. Uh, again, Hebrew Israel, for those of you that are listening further on down in the descendancy, when it comes time, the Most High is going to do the same thing. He's going to pull you out and whatever nation has come against you, he is going to deal with them just like he dealt with the folks in yeah. Mitzrayim. Yeah, now, all, all you have to do, all you have to do is go to um, um, uh, Isaiah Yeshayahu, Isaiah, come on, come on, come on, Isaiah, come on, come on, I can't see you, I can't see you, I can't see you, where are you, where are you, where are you, Isaiah, oh, there he is, can't find it on my, on my tablet, Isaiah, what you looking for in Isaiah, uh, I got to I got to pull, oh, there it is, right there, okay, uh, chapter, I want to go, let's say, 18, let's start in 18, 18? let's see if it's okay. 18, 18, Yeah, uh, yeah. If we start reading in Isaiah chapter number um, number thirteen, no, oh, back it up, back it up, back it up. Twelve. Back it up, no. Oh, okay. Let's go. We're still in thirteen. Okay. Um, no, I'm backing it up to. Oh, okay. Fourteen, I think it is. If we start in fourteen, mm -hmm. let me see here. Hold on. I'm going to get there. Look at that. How about 14 starts? For Yahweh will have compassion on Yaakov. Yeah. If we start in chapter... Mm. Wait a minute. Make sure. Yeah. If we start in chapter 14, I think it is, and we start reading down 14, 15, 16... 17 and 18 and 18 okay and 19 uh the most high talks about all of the nations that rose up and were mm -hmm. that were antagonistic to 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 Israel mhm mm Either, either part of Israel, north or south, mm. and he 
validates what's going on in here in these chapters in Ezekiel, starting, I think, in chapter 24, mm -hmm. where he talks about the destruction that mm -hmm. he's going to bring upon all of the nations who have oppressed Hebrew Israel. Absolutely. In exile. Absolutely. It's coming. And as we look at this narrative here that the Census Bureau has put out, and we look at this nation that we're in, and we have to recognize getting back to what we said earlier, the Most High has hardened the hearts of the people in the nations to which he has dispersed Hebrew Israel mm -hmm. so that they treat you the way they treat you. And there's no justice, there's no court that can change the hardness of their hearts yeah. because the Most High has hardened their heart against you for one reason, and that is that he wants his people, his son, to turn back to him, worship him and him only, mm -hmm walk in his rules and his regulations. Absolutely. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. But you see, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't study our text, not from a, not from a spiritualized perspective, but from a historical perspective for understanding of what the most high did with Hebrew Israel throughout the generations of time, then you won't understand what's going on now. And you'll continue to cry out to a, to a demigod that cannot help you. That's right. And if that demigod could help you, I am sure, I am sure beyond a reasonable doubt that all you all out there calling for justice have been praying to Jesus to deliver you, mm -hmm. and he hasn't delivered you yet. And that's because he can't. That's right. That's right. That's because right. because the Jesus that you're crying out to is the demigod of the people who the most high's who the most high's heart has been hardened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, that's a good way of so, putting it. <laughs> so so he so he so he can't deliver you. The only one Wow. The only power that can execute justice and deliver us out of the situations that we're in is the same one who delivered Hebrew Israel out of its first exile from Babylonian captivity, who delivered them out of the Syrian captivity, mm -hmm. and who delivered them over and over and over again in the book of Judges. Mm -hmm. That Elohim is the only Elohim that can deliver us out of this exile and give us the kind of justice yeah. and liberty that we are deemed to have when we fall under the righteous rule of our opulent king. Yeah. As written in Isaiah chapter 44, I'm your king, I'm your redeemer, mm -hmm. I'm your savior, mm -hmm. I'm the first, I'm the last. There is no other. There is no other. <laughs> in the Masoretic text, in the proper text, 
the most high allows you to know that that's me. That's me you're talking about. And we're not talking about no demigod. That's me. That's correct. That's me. And matter of fact, this is the beautiful thing about the most high. I hate to cut you off because I have to, I have to say this because the most high knows that this was going to be some confusion. That's why he puts that statement on there every time that he talks about himself. I was the one that brought you out of Mitzrayim, who delivered you with an outstretched, all that. He's trying to tell you, if anybody comes, if any posers that want to come in here and say that they are who they are, saying that they're me, that's not true. It's not true. Because you, I, I put a tagline on everything that I, that I did to let you know who's actually doing the work. Exactly. And then to piggyback on what you're saying as well, I mean, it's 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 all these issues of that just keep coming to the forefront that are the bubbling out of my mind when they when you look at the things that keep us in that that the institutionalized mind of not being able to acquiesce to the most high when you are told things from a young age that they're weak and ineffective and they haven't been they've been done away with. That's getting a you're like really severing yourself from the contract that's been made that makes you a nation. You can't sit there and talk about, we want to have our own this, we want to have our own that. You have your own country. You have your own nation. And we're at a particular point now where we've just gotten so used to be assimilated into this group of this Mitzrayim mentality that you just don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to leave. So that's why, again, piggyback on what are you saying? What you're saying, you are fighting a battle, and arguing and filibustering and trying to get your talking points across, when the Most High has already told Paro, which is this nation, I've hardened their hearts against you, folks. Yeah, you are not going to get what you're asking for out nope. of them nope. because that's not the purpose. Nope. And as long as we continue to keep and look at the fail safes that's been put in place, because this is I, I mean, I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus, but this is a Christian country. And even in today, they're celebrating Ash Wednesday and doing all the stuff that they're doing, whatever they do. But that's the nations. That's the nation. Exactly. And the, and the nations can do whatever they want to do. Right. We come back. We come back to. Hebrew Israel. We're Hebrew Israel. We're different. The Most High said we were different. Mm -hmm. And he told us, come out from among them and be separate. separate. We're separated from the nations. Listen to what our Elohim says. Okay. And I got to read this as we come to close. Mm -hmm. Yeshayahu, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. Thus says Yahweh, Israel's king and redeemer, Yahweh Sabaoth, that's Yahweh of hosts. Mm -hmm. I am the first. I am the last. Beside me, there is no El. Who is like me? Let him speak out. Let him show me clearly what has been happening since I set up the eternal people. The eternal people are Israel, and it's Hebrew Israel. It's not just Israel, it's Hebrew, Hebrew Israel. Israel. But, and the only reason why we have to make the distinguish, the distinguish, that we have to distinguish Hebrew Israel, because we go back up in this text, in verse five, he says, 
One will say, I belong to Yahweh. Another will be called by the name Yaakov. Yet another will write mm. that he belongs to Yahweh and adopt the surname Israel. So we now have to distinguish between those who adopt the surname Israel versus those Once who are Israel. Israel. Exactly. So that's the reason why I say Hebrew Israel. Mm -hmm. So the Most High says, let him show me clearly what has been happening since I set up the eternal people, Hebrew Israel. Let him foretell future signs and events. events. There we have it. Now, let's look at a, let's close with this, with this What's the word that I'm, there's a word that I'm trying to find and I, it's not resonating in my mind. Hmm. Let's, let's wrap our minds around the difference between how Hebrew Israel thinks and how the nations think. Good. Okay. I can't think of what the what the what the word is. You can probably help me when I say it. Okay. The nations seek knowledge. But Hebrew Israel looks for signs. Absolutely. Yes. We're looking for signs. We're not looking for, we're not we're not trying to, we, we have knowledge, but we're not trying to gravitate to knowledge as much as we are trying to see the signs that the Most High is giving us to be able to recognize the verbiage that he signs off with. And then you will know that I am Yahweh. Absolutely. This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews in, in exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.